elements are gone from us, but let's all stand together this morning. We'll open up in a congregation, hymn number 55 today, page number 55. When the roll is called up yonder, we'll sing all three verses. That's hymn number 55. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share. When his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. If you know, if you know your name's on that roll, won't you say amen right there? Man, what a blessing what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary. Man, I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. I hope you are too this morning. Appreciate your faithfulness to the house of God. As I said, the pastor and his family's away on vacation. Pray for them as they're away. But while the cat's away, the mice ain't going to play. We're going to keep going on. Amen. Amen. They may be watching us this morning. Hello, Miss Renee and Brother Greg and everybody else that may be watching. But we'll have a good time here in the house of the Lord. Song service will be just a touch different. I know uh, the choir's not going to sing. I told a preacher. I tell them a lot that, uh, man, when you leave, you take everybody with you. You take a piano player, you take a uh, choir director. I mean, it's just hard to do those things. Y'all remember Brother Scott Cassidy as well as he's away from us today. Uh, he's singing at his mother's church and uh, just uh, having a time there. I told him we'd be praying God will bless him. And I've, I'm just so thankful we're able to be back in the house this morning. Looking forward to what God has in store for us here today. Just a couple other announcements I'd like to make before we go to the Lord in prayer. Let's uh, remember tonight we're going to be having special Awana graduation night. So parents, have your kids here. Be giving away some awards. Have a good time in the Lord here tonight. Probably won't be too long of a service, but uh, just come on out. We'll have a good time in the Lord. Looking forward to uh, having Awana graduation and, and seeing as the uh, year comes to an end. And been having a good time on Wednesday nights there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we're so thankful, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house today. God, we just want to praise you, God, for how good you've been to us. Father, for what you protected us from this week, the things that we don't even know, God, how you've moved stuff out of the way, protecting us from harm, and God, just uh, continuing to watch over us. Lord, I thank of Brother Larry and Miss Pam, God, this morning. Lord, as the uh, doctors are still watching over him, trying to get his kidneys working properly, God, I pray a special touch upon the Biggs family. God, with Miss Pam battling cancer, Lord, I pray you give her strength. 
God, may we, may we be a great encouragement to her. God, may you heal, help her body to heal quickly. Father, for the port, Lord, that is in, in her system, God, that has to, be, um, has to be fixed. God, I pray, Lord, that that would be corrected quickly. Father, we thank you, Lord, for their service for you. God, may you just uh, touch that family's life. God, for the many others and many other requests, Lord, has been mentioned here today. Those who are not able to be with us, God, I pray for strength upon them. Lord, I pray you bless us here in this house. God, I pray you just, uh, may we feel your presence amongst us. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Y'all can be seated this morning. We'll get ready to take up a children's offering here in just a few moments. I got a couple more announcements I'd like to make. Y'all be in prayer for uh, graduation Sunday coming up on June the 4th. We got a couple of the uh, things mentioned, a couple of the people's names mentioned there in the bulletin. Be in prayer for the graduation Sunday there for those who have uh, made some accomplishments in their life and uh, will be going on to bigger and better things. So remember that. As I said, they want a graduation tonight at 6 o'clock. Then also on June the 10th, I want us to draw our attention to the golf tournament. If, uh, if you make yourself available to that, if you like to play golf or if you're no good at it at all and just want to come have a fun time and be a giant Easter egg hunt, you can go hunting golf balls throughout all the woods. I spend a lot of time in those areas looking for uh, balls and things. Sometimes I even find one I hit in there every once in a while. But uh, just if you can make yourself available to that. And we need some people to partner up with us on sponsoring some holes as well. Still uh, have room available for that. It's also to be a blessing to the young people as they're getting ready to go to conference this summer and helping uh, supporting that endeavor. So just uh, be in prayer for that as it happens June the 10th over at the Beaver Hills Golf Course starting at 1 o'clock. We'll have a big barbecue meal to follow and it'll be a good time of fellowship there. It's such a great outing. We always have a good time. Last year the rain touched on us just a little bit and uh, some people... Uh, some people made a run for it. I just sat there in my golf cart and balled up in the ball and prayed I didn't get struck by lightning. But uh, we stayed there. We was all, at the golf course. We was kind of on the backside of the storm. We could see it on the other side, but we uh, had a good time anyway. Uh, also, you can make yourself available to our new way of paying tithes here. I know our pastor's in love with this app already, but you can pay your tithes through uh, your cell phone. And you can do it digitally. So uh, if you want to make yourself available to that, all the information is there. has an insert there also in your bulletin. Don't forget about our Grace Network, our SAGBC item for uh, April, May, and June. is dried beans or canned fruit. Other items that are needed, deodorant, toothpaste, toilet paper, those type of things. And then also we have our eyeglass collection. Uh, if you have any old used eyeglasses for the Lions Club for their mission trip. Then also don't forget to sign up for the uh, Senior Saint trip for uh, June 2nd through the 3rd. And if uh, you're interested in that, you need to talk to Bobby and Billy Upchurch who are on vacation as well, and they're on their way back today, I do believe. So uh, pray for them for traveling mercies as well as they're heading up that trip to Whitfield to the um, dinner theater there. Then don't forget about the Women's Mountain Retreat, August 24th through the 26th. A lot of things happening now throughout the rest of the summer, so be in prayer for many things here. And at this time, we'll go ahead and get ready to take up a children's offering. Uh, all the boys and girls going to children's church, if you want to come on down, make yourself available to that. If I could get somebody to help me out with the treasure chest up here and pass the things out. Come on, kids. Make yourself available, please. I'll play a little something.
Amen. Any other, any other boys or girls who want to go to Children's Church this morning? Just follow Miss Courtney as they head out today. And we've got a whole slew of youngins over there going today. Fellas, if you get ready to come on down, we'll receive this morning's offering. Miss Marsha, if you'll come sing for us this morning. As they're coming, also, uh, if you would, if you have the opportunity, to check out our new website at uh, sagbconline.com. Check that out. Check out the new format and stuff. It's uh, very nice looking. Then also, don't forget about our selfie wall there across from the postal area. And then the pastor, he's got his new email address there if you want to make yourself available to that, if you need to contact him in any way. Appreciate Miss Marsha being ready to sing for us this morning. I kind of popped that on her yesterday, but y'all pray for her as she comes to sing. Brother uh, West, why don't you pray over the offering for us, brother? Here's the 
Savior today, and all the glory is due to God. Amen. Thank, thank God for that. Hymn number two this morning, we'll sing the first verse and chorus, Have a Time of Fellowship. That's page number two. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood of mine. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood of mine. Glory to his name. Amen. Shake some hands.
too. Amen. <laughs> Appreciate Dr. Goblin playing along with us today and playing the piano for us. And uh, it's true that music will set the tone for things. She started to slow it down, and people went to the seats. <laughs> music has an effect on us. Amen. And uh, studies have been shown to reveal that as well. I also failed to mention, but don't forget, next Sunday morning in the teen room, there will be a baby shower for Christy and Victor Foley. So uh, remember that. Christy's the one having the baby. And uh, so uh, we'll pray for her. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Priest said it's a basketball, so we'll see what's going to happen. What about a basketball? Might be a mechanic in there. Maybe something like that. <laughs> but. Uh, just uh, pray for them as we'll have a good time next Sunday morning. Don't forget that about that. Bring breakfast food along with you, and they'll have a good time of fellowship there. And uh, good to see, good to see new new babies coming along. So uh, just just pray for the Foley family. I asked Brother Coffee, Miss Coffee, if they would sing us a number this morning. And uh, he said he was used to singing right on the spot, being a pastor's son for so long. Said uh, Daddy would just look at him, mention a few words, said I want you to sing that song right there. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about, Daddy, but sing it anyway. <laughs> so uh, just pray for him and Miss Coffee as they come sing to us this morning. Then we'll get ready to look into the Word. Y'all can be turning to John chapter 10. That's where our text will be. So if you want to get that ready, then uh, we'll get into the Word. Move right along with the services. This could be the hour we've been waiting for. This could be the dawning of that day. When the trumpet sounds and all the clouds roll back, and we see the King of glory as the saints all start to
Amen. I haven't bring that cross up here, but I hope I don't cut my head on the nails up there, but we'll see. <laughs> if it happens, I'm just going to keep on going. I'll get Mary Margaret to stitch me up after a while. Amen. John chapter 10 this morning. Appreciate the opportunity to preach. I don't get many opportunities to preach on Sunday morning. That's okay with me. Uh, much rather hear our pastor preach to us. And I brought these bags out just a little while ago for an illustration. They was hollering at me. Said, "You leaving too?" No, nah, I'm, I'm here to stay. I'm here to stay. <laughs> John chapter ten this morning, beginning in verse number one. The Bible tells us here. It says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you." He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know, <clears throat> for they know not the voice of the stranger's. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, but what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. He says again, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they may have it more abundantly. Our Heavenly Father, God, as we get into your word this morning, Lord, I pray you'd move me out of the way. Father, I pray you'd bless your word, God. Use me as your vessel today. Father, I pray, Lord, that this message you've burdened upon my heart will be a help to someone here today. God, I don't know who it may be, maybe even myself. God, I pray you'd strengthen me, use me. God, may your name be honored and glorified. And Father, when it's all said and done here this morning, may we say, it was good to be in your house. Father, we love you this morning because of Jesus. It's in his name we do pray. Amen. As we get into chapter number 10 here in the book of John, we find a dramatic shift that has taken place. Jesus continues to present the truth in response to the religious leaders who were lost. He's talking to the religious crowd. He's giving them parables that is going along with some great spiritual truth that he's trying to teach. The phrase that you find at the beginning of verse number one and at the beginning of, or in verse number seven, that verily, verily, that's not terms that we use much in these days. I don't think I've ever heard, ever heard anybody say verily, verily when they was talking to me, except maybe they was reading some scripture. But verily, verily serves as a transition in a connecting to the previous discourse. It's used in John as a shift in argument rather than beginning a new subject. When he uses that phrase, verily, verily, he's not starting a new topic. He's still using the same topic, but he's transitioning, trying to get it where people can understand. Verily, verily, he says. Jesus tells them that he is the good shepherd. He tells them also that he is the door to the sheepfold. He says in verse number 9, he says, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. I want you to understand just a short little clip right here, but that word pasture means a place of rest. If we go into that sheep door, if we go into the door who is Jesus Christ, we will find rest. I think we would all like to have some rest every now and then. That word pasture means rest. <clears throat> to fight off the enemy, the shepherd was equipped to protect his sheep by skillfully employing to the sling or staff or even a club. The good shepherd would protect his sheep from the enemy unexpected emergencies and from the environment and the sheep they have many natural enemies it is a known fact that sheep are not very small, smart animals not at all 
one of the dumbest that may be. But when, the, when you're talking about sheep, we're referred to as human beings and we're referred to in the Bible as sheep many times. Because many times and many opportunities in our life, we don't make very good decisions. So the, sheep, the shepherd, he is there to protect his sheep from the enemy. He'll protect him from unexpected emergencies. If a, if a sheep was to get off of the beaten path and he was to go down, let's say, into a big giant mud hole or a pit somewhere, the shepherd would jump down in there with him and he'd pick up that old dirty sheep and get him out and carry him back to the fold himself. The shepherd would not rest until the sheep was back into the fold. Every single one of them he would give account for. If it was 199 was there and one was missing, he would spend the rest of the night looking for that lost sheep. The shepherd is there to protect the lost sheep. Jesus said, I am that shepherd. He is the good shepherd. In the sheep's helplessness, it was imperative that the sheep have someone to protect them. And that's why they have the shepherd. We as his sheep are also very helpless. Therefore, we must be totally dependent upon Jesus Christ for salvation. I know I'm jumping pretty quickly into salvation this morning, but salvation is a very important term, and it's used and it's talked about a lot here in chapter number 10. We must be totally dependent upon Jesus Christ for salvation. Just as the sheep was totally dependent upon the shepherd for their, for their salvation as well. At the end of verse 9, we see the word pasture. As I said, it carries the meaning of rest. Jesus wants to give us rest. Jesus is a good shepherd in the door to the fold. And in Jesus, we can find rest this morning. I don't know what you're coming here with today. I don't know what type of burdens you were carrying when you walked through the door. But in Jesus Christ, you can find rest this morning if you'll lay it at his feet. Let's move on to verse number 10. The Bible tells us here, and this is really our text verse, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. He says, I am come that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. He says, I am come that they might have life, that they may have it more abundantly. Don't you want to have that abundant life this morning? Don't you want to have that life that is filled with joy and filled with rest and to live life at its fullest? That's why Jesus came. Jesus did not come down from heaven's throne to come to earth to, live, to put us in misery and to live that way all of our lives. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly to live a good life, to live a, a great life, to have joy and fun and, and peace and, and all those things is what Jesus came to give us. Jesus came so that we can have life, so that we can have rest, so that we can have peace, so that we have, could have joy. Many of us in here, if not all of us, can't seem to get rest because we all came in with a little something this morning, as I said. Some of us come in with some heavy burdens. Some may have come in with some little lighter burdens. But we have all came in with something. And as we all came in with something, we can't get that joy that we need. We all came in this morning with a little bit of baggage. We came in carrying some baggage. Now, many suitcases today have wheels on them. It's pretty easy to roll around. I'm thankful for that. We go on some trips sometimes, and I'm pretty much nominated as the baggage carrier. <laughs> We've uh, been fortunate enough to take a few cruises, and, you know, going on a cruise ship is fine when you're getting on the boat. You know, they bring your luggage there. You, you get on the boat, and they make sure your luggage comes to the room. It may not all come at one time. You might get one piece now, and two hours later, you might get a couple more pieces. And it's never the one piece that you really need until it's almost time to go to supper. But so you get all your luggage there. And as you're bringing your luggage, you know, uh, the week's great, but when it comes time to get off the boat, if you want to get off the boat quick, they're not going to help you with your luggage. You're going to have to carry it all. So when you're on that cruise ship and you're, and you're there and, you know, you got a family of four and everybody's got two bags, I'm nominated as a luggage carrier. 
So you get very creative in how you carry all your luggage, not on the elevator. Bless them, Lord. You can't get on the elevator when you're trying to get off a boat because everybody's trying to get off a boat. So you have to go down flights of steps with seven suitcases, two duffel bags, some toys that you might have bought while you was there, some other things. And it's quite interesting. Quite interesting what we'll do just to be able to get home from vacation. But uh, it's a good time. But then when we walked in here this morning, though we didn't, though you wasn't carrying a bag, we all came in carrying a little baggage. We all came in carrying some burdens. Came in carrying a baggage. We came in burdened down with a bunch of stuff. It's not meat for us to live in misery, to live in defeat, and, and to live in misery, as I said. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they may have more abundantly. Jesus doesn't want us to be miserable creatures. We came in today carrying baggage. Number one, all of us came in here today carrying some baggage of sin. Some baggage of sin. We came in carrying. Now I want you to understand this morning that all of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. He has buried them in the deepest of the seas. He has cast them as far as he sits from west. They was nailed on the cross of Calvary, never to be remembered again. But we have flesh. And we still commit the acts of sin. Though we've been forgiven for sin, we still like to fellowship with sin. We still like to get involved in sin. Wheeling this luggage, this baggage of sin around, it gets pretty comfortable. I'm comfortable in my sin. I'm comfortable with my sin. And I'm just going to wheel it around and carry it around with me. And all of us are like that in here this morning. Though we might not want to admit up to it. We'll deal with that in a minute. But we carry that baggage of sin around. We all walked in the door with it. We need to confess our, our sins. We need to get them right with God. Sin causes enmity between us and the Father. He cannot fellowship with sin. When Jesus was on the cross and the whole entire world's sin was dumped upon him and he carried that heavy load, God had to turn his back on the only begotten Son. Can you imagine being part of that Trinity and the Trinity broke up for just a second? God had to turn his back on his only Son. God can't fellowship with sin. We ought not be fellowshipping and tiptoeing around sin all the time. We need to deal with it when it comes into our life. Don't need to carry that baggage with us. But we start carrying that baggage around. The very moment we trusted Christ as Savior, our sins were forgiven. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that, heavy laden, that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I will give you rest. Jesus wants to give us rest. He wants to send us out into pasture where there's rest and there's peace and there's comfort and there's joy and there's, there's protection there. That's where he wants us to be carrying around that baggage of sin. When we're carrying around the acts of sin, we get comfortable doing it. I want you to understand this morning, unconfessed sin will hinder our lives. As a child of God, I'm talking to the saints this morning, the children of God, they will hinder our lives. It'll put a wedge between us and God. It'll be like when your plumbing pipes get clogged up and the water can't flow through and stuff gets nasty and dirty and stinks real bad. That's how our life is to God when we got unconfessed sin in our life carrying around that bag of sin. When you got sin in your life, you better fess it up real quick. There's another bag that we carry. It kind of comes along with sin. It's a bag of guilt. Now I'm carrying two bags. Life ain't quite as easy. You get on the struggle bus a little bit. Struggling around, trying to carry two bags, trying to figure out how to do this. I'm comfortable in my sin. Now I'm carrying guilt around with me. 
Guilt of the past will keep us from serving God like we ought to. As Christians, we ought not be living in defeat. Everything was defeated on this cross. The cross of Calvary, when Jesus hung there, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He told Satan, he said, I am the champion. And don't you forget him. But Satan likes to make us feel guilty. We've trusted Christ as Savior. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. All of our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. But we'll carry around sin. We'll carry around guilt. Now we're coming in carrying two bags. It's a little bit heavier load. We're struggling around. We ain't acting quite right. We're in a bad mood. Got sin in our life, feeling guilty about it, not fessing it up. Jesus buried our past. He nailed it on the cross of Calvary. Your sins is gone. I remember the old song that said, You ask me why I'm happy. I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary. You ain't going to find it. Sins are gone. We don't understand this morning that as far as the east is from west, it never stops. You will never find it. In the deepest, darkest depths of the sea is where your sins are hid. And if you think you can find it there, then it's behind the back of God. Nobody's ever going to get there. The devil wants to defeat you when God wants to use you. He wants you to live in defeat. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to be dismayed. He wants you to be mad at the world and everybody and, and not be happy and just live like an old sourpuss all the time. The devil wants to defeat us. Back in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 10, we find someone who's covered up in guilt. Turn there with me. John chapter 8. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. The scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. <laughs> he said, Go and sin no more. This woman was covered up in guilt when she was brought to Jesus. I don't see where Jesus rebuked her. I don't see where he called her a dirty dog. I don't see where he cast her out of the church. I don't see where he left her presence. I see that he stood right there in the midst the whole time with her. 
He didn't, he didn't necessarily deal with her, though he was dealing with her. He was dealing with those accusers, those who thought that they were better than her. The devil wants to defeat us. God wants to use us. That woman right there, he said, Where are those thine accusers? No man condemn thee? No man, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Jesus forgave this woman for her guilt and shame, and many of us in here would have never forgiven somebody like that. We would have held it over their head for the rest of their life. We need to be careful as a child of God and not forget except for the grace of God. There go I. Like I said, we all carry baggage around. We've all got it in our life. Don't never forget that. God gives grace to the humble. You better remain humble, friend, I'm telling you right now. Because he resists the proud. Jesus forgave her of everything. Sometimes I think in our life, when it comes to forgiving people, we have higher standards than God does. And I say that reverently, and I hope you know where I'm coming from. We have higher standards than God. You got a problem forgiving somebody? It's a heart issue that you have. It's a heart issue. Hey, we all got baggage. Realize that nobody in here today is better than anybody else. Up here, it's level at the cross. The ground is the same. We all may have to come through different roads and different avenues to get there, but there is only one way to Jesus Christ, and that is only one way through the Father, and it's through Jesus Christ. Jesus is a loving, forgiving Savior, and as His children, we should be reflecting the same. We're supposed to be an image of the Son. We need to be a forgiving, loving Christian. It's time that the mean Christians get off of their high horse and humble themselves and become loving like the Heavenly Father is. How do you win more bees? Well, honey. <laughs> Sorry, Michaela. Don't have a fit about some bees. We got the baggage of sin. We got the baggage of guilt. Another bag that we all carry around. Pretty big bag. Bag of pride. Bag of pride. Man, it's even getting tougher. I feel like I'm back on a cruise ship again. It's getting harder to walk around. My life is not so easy now. Carrying around a baggage of sin. Carrying around a baggage of guilt. Now I got a bag of pride. I'm too good to go to the altar and get it right. Afraid of what people might think of me. I'd rather suffer for the rest of my life with all this baggage and give it to the Lord and live in freedom. We hold on to too much stuff. Jesus said, I will bear your burdens, but we like to carry them around, almost like they're trophies. We're carrying around all this baggage, trying to get it right. Got one of them turned around, the wheels won't roll. Man, I'm struggling. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride says I'm better than everyone else. Pride says I'm too good to go to the altar. Pride says I'm too good to be part of that youth group. I'm too good or I'm too cool to hang out with them church kids anymore. I don't want nobody to even know I'm associated with the church house. I want everybody to know that I can live in the world just like anybody else and be cool. That's pride. Pride will bring you down.
Pride will say, I'm too big for my britches. In Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, pride is what brought Lucifer down. Lucifer was in the high chain of command. He was one of the best angels. He knew how to run the show. His specialty, one of them, was music. Think about that a while. Lucifer's specialty is music. You think music don't affect your life? I beg to differ. Music can make you happy. Music can make you sad. Music can make you feel like kissing your wife. Music can make you feel like doing a lot of things. Music will set the tone. You go into restaurants and the music's playing fast and loud, you'll eat fast and get out of there in a hurry. You go into a nice restaurant and they slow the music down, you'll enjoy your meal and you won't leave with a bellyache. You'll enjoy what's going on. Music can set the tone. You watching scary movies at home? They don't play happy songs during scary movies. Everybody knows when Jaws is coming because the music's playing. And yet they still get in the water. I'm not a big, I did watch the Jaws, that's about as far as I go. You can ask my mom, I've never been a fan of the, of the scary movies. I can't handle it. The anxiety just builds up too greatly. I feel like I'm going to burst. I turn the channel and I find myself in two seconds turning right back. I wonder what happened. <laughs> it's crazy. Lucifer brought pride down. Music, one of his specialties was in music, but he said, I want to be like the most high. I want to be just as God. I want to be greater than God. He got cast out. Pride. Carrying around baggage of sin. We all walked in here with some baggage this morning. Baggage of sin, baggage of guilt, baggage of pride. What else did we walk in here with this morning? It's another bag. Running out of places to put it. This one ain't quite so heavy, but it could be a big one. I didn't put anything in this one because I knew where I was going to have to hang it. Keep away from the microphone. Baggage of broken dreams. Broken dreams. We all wanted to be something. Might not worked out quite as well. I might have to move that. I'll just carry it right there. Baggage of broken dreams. Live life a little while. Maybe something happened in your family. Maybe something happened in the plans that you had. Maybe you want to be this great star athlete. And God didn't see fit for it to happen. You might have had a career ending injury. He sent you in another direction. Broken dreams. Might have had great aspirations as I once did. To, man, I want to be a professional fisherman. It was one of my dreams. I wanted to do it. Loved it, eated it, slept, breathed it, studied it, done all I could do. That wasn't the avenue that God had for me. But it took me a while to get there. I had to let it go of broken dreams. Now I'm living the greatest dream of my life. If you would have asked me several years ago, man, you think you'll ever be a preacher? Are you crazy? I'm the next Bill Dance, <laughs> Hank Parker, Jimmy Houston. All them guys. I'm going to win me one of them bass boats. I'm going to make millions of dollars. Further got into studying, you have to be away from home probably 260, close to 300 days out of the year. Ain't around your family. Ain't around your wife and kids. 
leave the family raising to the wife and hope your kids turn out right as long as you can go and catch a fish. Broken dreams. You wanted to be something, you're not it. Things didn't work out like you had planned. Maybe you feel discouraged, you're ready to quit and throw in the towel. Disappointment's hard to handle. This baggage of broken dreams is weighing heavy on a lot of people's soul. Your big plans turned into broken dreams. Now you become bitter, broken, discouraged. Might even consider yourself damaged. Remember what Jesus said. He said, I'm the door. He said, I'm the good shepherd. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He said, you come unto me. He said, you'll find rest. Jesus wants to give you rest this morning, but too many of us want to carry around all this baggage, and it's hard to walk around. Hard to walk around. I'm having a real difficult time up here. One more bag we're going to get on. I hope you pay attention here. Not that you hadn't already been paying attention. Crazy nuts carrying a bunch of suitcases around. See, when you're carrying all this baggage, it's, man, it's hard to do anything. We're going to make it. I got good practice going on a cruise boat. This will probably turn my face red a little bit. It's cutting off the circulation. Corbin, I need you to renege on that thing. You said you wouldn't do CPR. If I fall out, you come up here and save me, brother. The last bag is a baggage of fear. A baggage of fear. Fear will do to you what this bag's trying to do to me. It'll choke the life out of you. The baggage of fear. You got the baggage of sin. You got the baggage of guilt. This other bag, I can't remember what it was. Pride. Baggage of broken dreams, baggage of fear. What are we scared of? Fear of tomorrow? Fear of the future? What's next? It's plain and simple. Many of us are just plain old scared. Fear will choke a life out of us, it'll cripple us. It can even paralyze you to the point where you don't even want to go anywhere. Fear will keep you from moving when God's speaking to you. That's a dangerous place to be. I'm too scared to go to the altar. I know I got problems. I don't want nobody else knowing about my problems. We don't care. We just want you to get it right. We don't need to know your problems. I don't want you to know mine. All I want to know is that you cast it at Jesus' feet. Fear will give you trust issues. Fear gives us trust issues. Jesus wants us to have peace. Isaiah 26 and verse number 3 says, Thou will keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I want you to understand this morning, it's hard to worship when you're broken and downtrodden and burdened about with a bunch of baggage. It's hard to worship God like you need to. Why? Because you're scared to death. You're fearful. Some of you in here this morning, and I know your life, and I know where you come from, you're carrying a bunch of baggage around that you need to let go. A bunch of teenagers in here today, you're struggling with a lot of things. You need to confess it and make it right. I want you to understand you've got a loving Savior. 
who loved you. He didn't rebuke that lady for being caught in adultery. He forgave her and said, sin no more. Sin no more. Jesus specializes in broken cases. There's no case too hard for God. No case at all. You say this morning, as you realize how hard it is to carry around all this baggage and function properly. Fear is choking me to death. I was even scared to come down here. But I did it anyway. We're carrying all this baggage around. And you get to wondering, well, how in the world can I get rid of this baggage? How can I get rid of it? You gotta take it to Calvary. You gotta take it to Calvary. When you get to that place where you're sick of being tired, you're sick of being discouraged, you're sick of the devil keeping you in defeat all the time, telling you sorry, useless, you're going to spend all eternity in hell with me, Jesus ain't never done nothing for you. When you get to Calvary and you begin throwing away that sin and you get rid of it, your load's getting lighter. You get rid of that guilt, your load begins to get lighter. And you're getting rid of all that pride and all that shame and all those things that are bothering you and hindering you. You're getting rid of all that stuff. And when you get to Calvary and you realize what Jesus done for you, fear's gone and you can get rid of everything. And I don't care what you have to do if you have to crawl to Calvary. I'm talking about crawling to Calvary and getting there and you'll find rest and you'll find peace and you'll find joy if you just let the luggage go. Let it go. Let's all stand here this morning. Miss Lisa, come get us a song. Carrying too much baggage. I don't know how the Lord spoke to you. I know what he done in my heart as I was preparing this. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You're carrying that baggage of unforgiven sin. In Jesus, you will find rest. You may be here this morning, you're looking for that peace and that joy in the bottom of a bottle. I thank God I've never went that route, but I know what people have told me. The bottom of the bottle is always empty. It's empty, there's nothing there for you. You may be here this morning, you might be trying to find your joy and peace and trying to silence this world through drugs. You'll never find that happiness. I can't give you that testimony, but I can take you to people who can. This morning I ask you, why don't you just bring it to Calvary? Why don't you come up here to this old-fashioned altar and lay it before God? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Whatever your need is this morning, whatever baggage you're carrying, why don't you just come and lay it at Jesus' feet? All the saints of God in here this morning know Christ as Savior. You're carrying some stuff around you need to get rid of. Come lay it at His feet. Come lay it at His feet today. You'll find joy and rest. People's getting help up here this morning. If you need help, now's the time. Don't be fearful. 
Don't worry about what your neighbor's going to think. You need to keep a right and proper relationship with God. He said, cast all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. He is a great burden bearer. He wants to carry your load. 